0: You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network.
1: Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Geek Card Check. My name is Tyler. And I'm Kate. And today we have a special guest. Yeah, who is this special guest we have with us? Who's this stranger on our Zoom call? Well, it's one of the stranger
2: people of my acquaintance. But (laughs) if you're a regular listener of the pod, he has been on here twice before. And and we've we've talked
1: about him enough times, I think, as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's
2: no stranger to the pod. Yep, he has been secretly referenced on the pod for, what, a year and a half now? Something like that and occasionally you know directly referenced but anyway enough teasing it is my lovely spouse
1: geek in chief peter welcome peter
0: thank you kate thank you tyler
1: welcome well uh chris couldn't be here he's in the middle of uh, just it sounds like a bunch of stuff i think they're still moving and and doing a bunch of different things and so uh we uh we were today we're talking about denis villeneuve and all of his films and chris wanted to be here for it but we uh, we found out, and this is this is something Kate told us that that Peter has uh, is seemingly like a secret expert on Denis Villeneuve. Not that we're putting too much pressure on him uh, for this, but uh, uh, that that Denis Villeneuve seems to be a, a passion of, of his in terms of, of filmmaking. And so we're talking about three uh, Denis Villeneuve films today. But let's let's before we talk about those th- those three films, Arrival, Prisoners, and En Sandi, Let's just talk. What's our what is our experience with him? Where, where, where are we coming at? Where are we each coming at with uh, with Denis Villeneuve? And uh, just you know, what how, what do we feel about him? What do we what do we know about him? What are we excited for? Um, any of those things, Peter? Well, maybe Peter could start by yeah. telling us who he is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that would, that would that would help there. too. Is is maybe yeah. maybe dig into that a little bit?
0: Sure. Okay. Uh, Denis Villeneuve is a filmmaker from Quebec. Um, I first ran across uh, his movies in, I guess it would have been 2010, um, and that was the movie Encendi which is um, a family drama. It's in French and Arabic, so if you aren't strong in either of those languages, you're going to be reading subtitles.
1: Sure. Oh, no. And, Watch
0: <laughs> <out>. <laughs> and that movie just blew me away. And so I did a bit of a deep dive, and I ended up watching all of his other movies except for Polytechnique, which is a dramatized telling of the Montreal Massacre in 1989. Um, but when I heard, after seeing Arrival, when I heard that he had been tapped to direct Blade Runner 2049, I thought, oh good, yeah. because Blade Runner is one of my favorite movies of all time. And when I heard that he was connected with it, I thought, okay, this will at least be thoughtful and good and fun.
1: For sure. And for me, at least that's, that's the same thought I had when we found out that he was tapped for Dune, which is kind of why we're doing this here is that, yep. Okay. He at least, you know, he at least will approach the subject matter really well. Uh, Kate, what about you? What's your, what's your experience with Denis Villeneuve?
2: Um, So I saw Arrival was my first film of his Mm -hmm. and absolutely loved it. And then later saw Blade Runner 2049 and really enjoyed that. I actually watched it for the first time with um, Peter last summer. Or sorry, not this past summer, but summer before last. Um, But since then, I've gone on to watch all but uh, two of his films. Um, So I've now seen August 32nd on Earth, which was his very first Uh, feature film in 98. Um, I've seen Al-Sandy because of the podcast. I've seen Prisoners now because of the podcast. I've watched Enemy, which was a 2013 film. Sicario I saw this week. Uh, Two I have not seen are Maelstrom, which just really isn't available anywhere. Neither is August 32nd on Earth, but if you have somebody that has you know, a copy of something you can watch it in that case, uh, I was able to watch that one, but Maelstrom I was not able to get my hands on. Uh, and then Polytechnique I have not yet seen either. So um, the, the deep dive into him has been absolutely fascinating and I have the first hope, genuine hope, as opposed to, well, that sounds all right, but first genuine hope that Doom is gonna be really great because of him, it'll be the first good adaptation. Which admittedly, when I pitched doing this uh, pod episode on uh, his films, it was in part because Dune was coming and like, all right, who is this director more than just the two at the time films of his I had seen.
0: And now, of course, Dune has been postponed, or at least the release of Dune has been postponed until when next year sometime uh, October twenty twenty
1: one, I believe. Yeah, and it's it's following in in weirdly in these the Wonder Woman eighty four footsteps. Uh, HBO is is uh, getting. Um, getting feisty against the th- uh, in the, in the whole theater game and they are uh they are saying they're gonna they're gonna dual release it on the same day on Oct- mm-hmm. i think October is it 21st um that's what um, I think I'd heard as well yeah I think it's October 21st 2021 it's going to be released on hBO max and on uh in theaters at the same time which they might just be hedging their bets you know that who knows what the theater system is going to be like in about in a year um mm-hmm. i mean I'm, I know if if possible I'm going to see. Uh, the movie in theaters but again who knows what what the world is like going to be in in 10 months but uh uh but i, th- I think that's a wise move it scares mm-hmm. me that they have pushed it back that far but again maybe it's just hedging bets and they're saying well hopefully something you know one way or the other we will have viewers i'm uh, it makes me nervous well, that they are have pushed it
2: back that i have to far. imagine dune was an expensive film so i'm sure. sure they're trying to recoup as much cost as possible for that mm-hmm. and who knows what else they're hoping in terms of laying groundwork and anticipation of it that yeah. they're up to. So yeah. yeah. What about you, Tyler? What's your experience with this director?
1: Uh, it's it's similar to you guys, but my deep dive has come later and um and actually is is not as deep as as yours. So uh, I actually didn't get to Anson D for our for this podcast today. So I'm going to be a, a kind of a, a backseat um uh, contributor on this one, uh, uh, but honestly, I'm I'm doing it to to say hey convince me to see it. Uh I just couldn't get my hands on it in time this time around. But um I had seen Arrival. That was uh the like you guys the first one that I had seen that I had seen that I knew who this who this person was that it made me go, "Oh, who is this amazing, thoughtful, pensive, creative, artistic, beautiful director?" Um Arrival is uh, is quick becoming i think one of my favorite films of all time. It it, it just every time i see it it rises in my estimation and an already a high mm-hmm. estimation. Um and we'll, so we'll talk about that a little bit more. I, I almost i want to go on a, a a discourse on it right now because it's so fantastic. Um and then followed similar to to Peter um you know I, Blade Runner 2049 was coming out and i said Oh, yeah. Okay. We're going to be we're going to be fine with this guy. Uh, It's going to be at the very minimum. It's going to be beautiful. uh, And it's going to be Mm -hmm. thoughtful. uh, And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about cinematography and things like that. Um, The one that I had wanted to see, uh, and I'd seen Sicario, but but honestly, it's kind of a forgettable movie. I don't love Sicario. uh, Overall, it's it's fine. Yeah, Um, it made more sense to me what they were doing with it because of
2: studying his films over the last few weeks. So I'm intrigued to
1: watch it after that. That doesn't mean I
2: actually enjoyed it. Like for me, that was the weak link film of the ones that I've watched in terms of enjoyment.
0: And in fact, I forgot that it's him. I still have not watched Sicario again since I first watched it back in 2015, 2016. Same. It just didn't really impress me all that much.
1: Yeah. But
0: that's a genre thing.
1: Sure sure that's true it's it's kind of outside it's outside of his normal wheelhouse a little bit and i th- I think what's going to be interesting what's his new normal wheelhouse it, it is you can see though after prisoners why he would make sicario a little bit why, like why they he would be tapped for it because it's in that sphere but it's not the same genre but we'll get mm-hmm. we might get to that with prisoners yeah um so it, all, all that to say, I, I'm I'm incredibly excited. I think it's beautiful. Uh, he's a beautiful director, in, in the things that he does, I'm I'm I'm, you know, as I think, are we all? I think we are, uh, you know, hands braced to you know, we're braced a little bit to see what happens with Dune. But I but I am not worried about Dune. It's more that I'm now you know with anticipation rather than worry. Um, mm-hmm. to see what happens with Dune. So, uh, so today what we're going to talk about is, is those three films, uh San from 2010, Prisoners from 2013 and Arrival from 2016. Um, I kind of predict this is a part one of a multi-part uh, discussion on Denis Villeneuve in different forms and also intersecting with uh, kind of some lead up to Dune. Um, so I don't think this will be the last that we hear from him. Uh, but we, we, we chose these three films cause they seem to be sub, somewhat of a microcosm of his work. Uh, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about uh, his, it, let's kind of have a freewheeling discussion about, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about each of those films in, in that order, but in in the discussion of the film, let's talk about his style, what, what works from the film, um, what, uh, I sell the film if our audience hasn't seen it. So first I will say there's a spoiler warning, but if our audience hasn't seen one of these films, um, you know, we might give a quick sales pitch of the film uh, a little bit, but then also who is this director and what did he bring to the stories that he's telling? So um, let's start with, let's start with Anson D. And like I said, I'm going to kind of take a backseat on this one. Uh, but uh, Peter, can you tell us about that film? What, what is it? Give us a quick synopsis and then what, what is the film? Sure.
0: Uh, Anson D was the first film that really grabbed attention for Denis Villeneuve, um, it was nominated for an Oscar, didn't win, um, but because of the uh, critical acclaim for this movie, he then got a chance to get into the Hollywood <laughs> system and for his very next movie was working with Jake Gyllenhaal, Hugh Jackman, Viola Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, but D is an adaptation of a screenplay um, and Well, why don't I just read the IMDb mini blurb. Twins journey to the Middle East to discover their family history and fulfill their mother's last wishes, which does not sound very interesting at all.
1: I was gonna say that doesn't sell me right there, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) however. so much better than that.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, One of the things that Villeneuve does in, a few of his films i don't know if he does it in all is he sets up a kind of mirroring of character or mirroring of um, events and this is particularly showed in on because as um like the twins that they mentioned in the synopsis jean and simon um travel from an unnamed francophone city montreal uh to an unnamed middle eastern country lebanon Uh, But first, Jean goes to try and uncover the question of who her mother actually was. And Mm. what Villeneuve does is uh, through a series of flashbacks, like extended, like full scene length uh, flashbacks, he shows the progression of their mother, um, uh, Mm. Marwan, and then juxtaposes it with her daughter's journey through that same sometimes in exactly the same location some oh, quarter of a century cool. later. Yeah. It's
1: and, eerie sometimes oh, I like sometimes I like the those... daughter's
2: walking through something and you're like, I know what happened there, oh my goodness. Oh, that's yeah. odd.
1: I like that, okay.
0: And I had mentioned that it's an unnamed Middle Eastern country. Um, however, the setting for the, uh, the, the mother's story was the civil war in Lebanon. Which ran from 1975 to 1990. So it is not a boring movie at all. Um, there are a few scenes which are just absolutely gut wrenching. Um, Denis Villeneuve does not glorify violence. In fact, on his IMDb, there's a quote attributed to him. So okay, and he says, "quote I hate violence, and I think that violence is meaningful." if you see the impact of violence on victims, Mm -hmm. I'm interested on the impact. I'm not interested in the show. And so he uses violence in many of his movies, but it's always to make a point about uh, something. It's not just uh, let's blow something up or let's have a car chase and wreck some scenery. Mm -hmm. Um, So he brings a, a thoughtfulness to, well, I guess every one of his movies
1: except maybe sicario (laughs) even so even that quote though uh does remind me there there are um, there's an opening scene in sicario where which is particularly violent and and intense and that would say yeah okay so so she's and she's wrestling with i forget the main character's name emily blunt's character emily blunt right
2: uh
1: yeah Yeah. emily blunt's character see we saw one time i don't know uh uh is is certainly reeling from that for the entire film so interesting okay all right yeah
2: when peter first talked to me about all i don't remember if it was in the context of watching it for the pod or not i don't think it was the first time we talked about it but the mystery element is what he used to hook my interest with it yeah that'll um to because i mean you're told at the beginning that this mom will not let them put up a headstone over her grave until they go on this quest essentially to find out the answers they basically have Mm. a uh missing father and brother to find they didn't even know existed existed and um it's it's one of those journeys that has so much unexpected to it but it's also uh it reminds me of quest stories where you are immersed in a completely different world than your own, where you don't know mm-hmm. the rules or the expectations. You don't know the language and you're figuring stuff out as you go. So Every aspect of it is a question. And there are things going on around her that you as the viewer understand from the flashbacks that they do not understand. And there are mm. times where you're just like, oh my, oh no, oh no.
1: And um, yeah, or you have to watch it. It is worth it. Yes, I'll I'll say you're you're certainly selling you're certainly selling that to me.
0: Um, The payoff, the payoff once you discover the fundamental mystery, is just brilliant. Yeah. And then there is near the end a note of grace. After all the horribleness, there's a moment of grace, and you're left feeling, oh, wow,
1: that's all right then. Good. So, so it's not merely again well like his like his tone for violence it's not merely disturbing or intense for intensity's sake but to also to have a moment a at the end mm, yeah i like that which which i can say again we'll get into this with prisoners in arrival but i can say that sounds like a touchstone for uh, for many of his films is he seems to be he seems to be a director who like like we said before is pensive and thoughtful and doesn't simply whatever it is there is no action set piece or there's no set piece for set pieces sake it seems to be you know to tell the yeah. story now are we are we would you guys say within with Anson D um, we can talk about this with the, the other films as well would you say he's character driven or is he plot driven is he concept driven uh, how would you characterize him
2: hmm. at um, least in Anson
0: D
1: we can we can hit on d.
0: I think that the movie hinges around um, the character who dies at the start of the movie. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I really think that that character is the the linchpin for the whole movie. Um, So in that sense, it's character driven, but I mean, he has developed a very carefully constructed plot which moves along and all the pieces end up fitting together just perfectly Mm -hmm. so i can't say that it's either character or plot driven i think he does both
2: Mm -hmm. i would say it's maybe one of his less high concept films and just more tightly well told character plot interwinding kind of story Uh, this is not Blade runner 2049 where there's a lot of high concept stuff going
1: on
0: sure and there are no and there are no giant tarantulas.
1: <laughs> no, none. Is that is that earlier? Is, that is, is
0: in another one of his movies? Yes.
2: We nice. won't tell you which one, so that way, whenever you hit it, you'll be
1: like, "Oh, oh, this that is just <laughs> happened."
0: <laughs> <Sure>.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I feel like our conversation will build as we move forward. Is there anything else left specific to On Sunday before we start? Kind of, we we can pour uh, prisoners into the mix and and talk about it in you know, in, yeah. in conversation okay. with that. I think
2: the additional thoughts I have for that are going to tie in as we go along. Okay.
0: So, yeah. Uh, just maybe one more uh, sure. observation Please. about Anson D. Okay, I've already identified the character who dies at the start of the film as kind of the, the linchpin of the movie. However, the, the protagonist is a strong female lead. And um, this is something which I've yeah. seen in quite a few, not all, but quite a few of, Villeneuve's movies which is I think really something for you know a big Hollywood sure. uh, director
2: yeah I was going to point that under uh, a different part of our conversation but I'm, I'm just going to lean into that now so August 32nd on earth female lead Mastrom female lead polytechnique i don't think it's a female lead peter you haven't seen it either so no. i guess we don't know constantly female lead um sicario female lead arrival female lead like we have an unusual number a female one leads. and
1: dune doesn't have necessarily a female lead but it certainly does have a, a stro- some strong female presences I mean, it, it, depending yep. on what he does with it and it seems as though even he's elevated a couple of characters um just from the the stills that i've seen um and even Blade yeah. Runner has some strong, interesting oh,
2: women as well in it, too. Mm-hmm. True. And so, yeah. And Enemy, there is an interesting woman in it, but I can't really say more without
1: spoiling sure. Well, And I would say similar to Prisoners, where certainly not uh, the uh, the lead, although it's... Viola Davis. Viola Ooh. Davis, exactly. We do have some strong female characters in it, um, just not, not as the leads. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, because come on viola davis just uh, the moment i well let's let's get into it let's let's talk prisoners and then we'll we will wax poetic about viola davis and and all of them uh so the uh the imdb description of prisoners Is when when Keller Dover's daughter and her friend go missing, he takes matters into his own hands as the police pursue multiple leads and the pressure mounts. Once again, nice generic. uh, This is a murder mystery. This is a kidnapping mystery, is what it sounds like here. Uh, Very Mm -hmm. generic. Very, uh, you know, I've seen that movie before. Um, uh, Until you watch the movie and you realize, oh, holy cow! Yeah, this is not standard fare at all. Yeah, no, it, it actually feel it felt to me much more like a a really good. Um, it felt like Broadchurch to me. It felt like a very good, uh, tightly yes. narrated, tightly character-driven mm. uh, British m- mystery, w- which, you know, it, it, it just, then just your, your Gone Girl, which Gone Girl is very good too, but we get a lot of those once a year. You get, you know, you get- a Yeah, those are dime a dozen. Dime a dozen, kidnapping mystery, murder mystery, whatever. Um, but this is, um, it's intense. It's pensive. It's yeah. beautiful. This is a beautiful- film in its darkness and in its melancholy um it stars i should say it stars hugh jackman we've mentioned viola davis jake gyllenhaal maria bello terence howard uh, melissa D- leo and paul dano um, uh, paul dano who can't help but being uh, just a, a sketchy character whenever you see him um, yeah but I'm- he was in swiss army man true and that's that's like one of the few times that one and uh little miss sunshine are the two times that i'm not skeeved out by paul dano when i when i see him in a, in a movie i think <laughs> they cast him in prisoners intentionally though to I make love have certain beliefs about uh, him i yeah i love that i i really did and we and uh we are do we want to start spoiling you guys were pretty careful for my sake with on sunday do we want to start yeah spoiling? we can
2: spoil from this point out because okay. we've all those of us on the pod at least have all right. seen the movies from here oh so yeah
1: so big so in summary, before we start the start the spoiler warning, uh, "Prisoners" um, looks like a murder mystery on the on the surface, uh, but I think I can speak for the three of us: it is it is far more than for, far more complex uh, in plot, yeah. in character, in tone uh, than than your run of the mill murder mystery. Um, yeah. So, from this point on, spoiler warning, uh, and I'm just gonna start with it. I loved. It's exactly that. I loved that Paul Dano is not the killer. And, I, and honestly, yes. I,
2: the whole I was time... so disappointed when I thought it was. I'm like, really? Is Me this going to be the movie that he gets lazy and awful? Yeah. And nope, not no, at I all. Did the, I did the and same thing. And we do it twice. We give us two people who have, you know, some clear damage from life that one
1: after the other is set up to be the bad guy. And then neither of them oh, are yet. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, 100%. and the second guy uh, who I forget, I forget the actor's name, but the, the second guy that they come across you're just, mm-hmm. you are sure of it. I mean, you're hundred percent sure that this is what's, what's going on. And nope, it's a, it's a, it's not just a, uh, a red herring either. I mean, it is, but it's not merely a red herring. It's this. Yeah. Just, it's all connected. It's so
2: connected. Yep. Oh, When you realize that they were prisoners too. Yes. much worse. Prisoners is not just about the kids that no. this woman has taken and imprisoned and forced to do these mazes to get out or not. Mm-hmm. it's also hugh jackman yes, he, is,
1: he a is a prisoner, prisoner in, his, in, in like, his vengeance in his grief yeah. i mean he's in... set
2: up as that dad who in another mm-hmm. action movie he's the heroic dad who beats yeah. the crap out of the bad guy finds and out where his daughter them. is and yep. saves her and that's so
1: not what happens here yeah yeah prisoners i okay i mean this you know kind of how it is in in our day and age now like it, it is a movie. It, it It is telling for me. It's always a good a telling for me. Um, it's a telling thing when I can watch a movie and my phone is not out, you know, and it's, it's a bad mm-hmm. habit. I've, I've, you know, we slip into right where my, my <laughs> phone's out, I'm doing something, I'm playing a game. I'm whatever. I'm half mm-hmm. watching. Um, my phone was away. Part of it was because of the podcast, but even, even so I can be like, eh, I can, yeah, I could, I could look something. I think the most I got was I, I looked up, I, I was like, who the heck is the lady i always melissa leo is one of those character those character actresses who slips into a role that i'm like yeah i, I know you get that I vague sense you know yes. who she is but you can't pull it out and yeah. it's always melissa leo every time and she's she's <laughs> brilliant i love her the next um, time you
2: ask me who an actor is i'm just saying, it's just melissa leo. leo yeah regardless <laughs> whoever it
1: is yeah just tell me melissa leo because uh, um I think that was the one time my phone came out. It, it, that was that was about it. Maybe I was I was just looking up filmography for for Denis Villeneuve or something at the beginning, but it was but that was it. My phone was away, and I was I was riveted the entire time because and it's not a it's not a riveted in it's a it's an action movie that I just have have my eyes glued to it. It's it, you are transported into this and it's a
2: multi. Grief layered thing because yeah. we have Jake Gyllenhaal as the detective trying to, you know, sort out where are the girls, what's been going yeah. on. Mm-hmm. You have Hugh Jackman steadily going further and further and how far is he going to go and it, he, he's got to yeah. lose his humanity from this mm-hmm. and you're just sort of watching his devolution in horror. I and would say that people into it.
0: I would say that rather than classifying it as an action movie, I'd say yeah. it's a psychological thriller.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Because
0: it digs deep into the dark side of human nature.
2: Yeah, and it's not I mean, like gritty for its own sake. It's not no. like you know,
1: glorying in that. It like is. Oh, you exploring are exploring it. You are half looking away while he is beating this poor man to a pulp. You know, this poor yeah. turns out innocent man to oh, a. Oh, when pulp. he brings
2: Terrence Howard and Viola Davis, uh, and the, the parents of the other kid, and mm. you're just like, they're gonna they're going to blow the whistle on them. You know, they're going to mm-hmm. do it. Oh my goodness. Dro- what's happening him. here? Oh, yeah. it's... oh, that moment. It, and it makes, sense. I was looking at them in the, when they were sitting in the van in their driveway coming home from going, yes, that
1: marriage is over. Like, oh, that, 100%. That's destroyed hundred percent. You don't, right you there. don't walk back from that. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, we don't have kids here, but you know, I'm sitting here and considering, you know, at that point, when, once, you know, kids come into the picture, like, oh no like is there a limit to what what I would do like like you start identifying a bit not, not saying oh yeah I'm certainly going to do that it's that's the easy answer like oh of course well, I'll macho my way into it but been a theme for the last what 15
2: yeah. odd years in film and tv of how far would a parent go for this yes. kid even the tv show alias did that mm-hmm. and like her dad went to some seriously unethical awful extremes oh, yeah. and we don't really see him pay the price for that and a lot no. of the stories we don't Mm-mm. but in this one we're watching him come apart yep. as he goes too far yep. and mm-hmm. what's worse and he knows he's so going too certain far. that he yeah but he's got this he's, yep. he's like doing Doesn't the mindset matter. stuff of the the us versus them so that way he can be okay with what he's doing because he's so certain he's right and then he's yep. not
1: yep and, it, it'll pay and, off in the end it'll it'll yeah. be fine when i get my daughters because i've you know well, he's he the thinks bad that we'll guy he will all be okay but mm-hmm. he, he is a bad guy because oh, like yeah. he, he
2: breaks yeah. into that and i can't imagine sitting there at the end when he is in that underground cave area where the woman threw him in and pulled the car over him and you're just sitting there and you're like nothing to distract him from everything he's done as he's bleeding out.
1: Oh, literally. It's a good sitting. thing.
0: We already gave the spoiler warning. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> true. So, uh, yeah. well, I'm, so I'm, i just finished teaching, uh, uh, Dante's Inferno and we're in purgatory and, and heading toward Paradiso. In fact, my, my students are finishing purgatorio today and, and getting into Paradiso tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, it just made me sit and think, uh, that is that is his his hell, right? You know, he is sitting there, knowing he's wrong, knowing he can't rescue his daughter, and just wasting away in his wrongness, mm-hmm. blowing blowing his whistle, you know, uh, halfheartedly. Yeah. And I love that we didn't dig him out. I love that we didn't get there.
2: Yeah, we don't and, know if he mm-hmm. was found in time or not. And at that point, even if he was, he's still going to jail oh, for what no he question. did. Oh, no question. Oh, yeah. I mean, his and daughter it- has lost her dad.
0: Mm-hmm it's interesting one thing that i noticed about i don't know maybe two-thirds of the way through the movie he was hitting all those typical hollywood notes like i'm the i'm the father i'm the protector i'm I'm going to do this yes he was still seeing himself as the good guy Mm -hmm. as the loyal loving father which justified to himself Mm -hmm. anything Mm -hmm. and i wonder how many people who are going about thinking of themselves ourselves as yes. the good guy oh yeah Oof. i hope none of us end up in a hole on the
1: ground no well yeah. and that's and that's that thing we we like hey let's let's get philosophical for it for a minute you know that's what we believe we we all see ourselves as the protagonist of our own story right that mm-hmm. we are the we are the one doing the right thing even though objectively you could look at a situation and say no you're not we we justify endlessly for ourselves and 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 i love that that Villeneuve and, and to give credit to the writer as well, it's it's written by uh, Aaron Guzikowski who I don't know what else he's done, but um he oh shoot well he's done some pretty decent stuff. Uh, sorry I, now I'm now I'm distracted. Uh, but uh, oh no uh, sorry I pulled up his I pulled up his name and um and uh, a picture of Alien came up and I was like he was somehow contributed to Alien, but that's not true. Um so anyway uh oh he created uh raised by wolves which chris recommended to us the other day Mm, which is yeah anyway
2: um, you say
1: alien though and that reminds me of one of the themes throughout
2: this is please yeah alienation Um, Yes, because like in this one the awfulness is supposed to be out there it's supposed to be them whoever they're seeking and it is inside Mm -hmm. um I can't tell you where it is in Ensemble because that's a big spoiler.
1: Um, sure. <laughs> but well, I would like, say, even from what I've heard, there's alienation happening. I mean, just the fact that they're, 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 I don't know, I don't know if they're displaced, but they're certainly, you know, they have been, they have immigrated. It um, goes pretty deep, more than that, you know, yeah. more, more than skin level
2: for them. Um, and like even in arrival, it has actual yes. aliens in it, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, true, um, true. Um, but I think, um, we see him playing with the sort of boxes that we live in psychologically, or in the case, when you're in the ground, you know, literally closed mm-hmm. in even Jake Gyllenhaal's character. He's he a very closed
1: up person. Oh, he's alienated. He, or he's, you know, he's separated from everybody else in, in his precinct. He's, I, I love the moment too, where he's, he's like, Ordering his his captain around, he's just saying you're going to do this this right way, right? And just this he he in himself is a kind of a one man tour de force, and is he he has his boundaries as well. Although you you get that moment where he steps over the line and it's certainly disastrous in his consequences uh, toward the the perpetrator who kills himself, but um or the the suspect who kills himself because we find out he's not actually the bad mm-hmm. guy either, but. But that same thing of this, this idea of there's this line and where are we going to go over it um, seems to be, a, I, frankly, we, we see that in Arrival as well, um, is, is certainly a key thing that, that's coming up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have more commentary there, but I think it goes further along in our conversation. So what do you say we move on to Arrival at this point? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Kate, introduce Arrival to us. All right, so the IMDb blurb, a linguist, who is Amy Adams, works with the military to communicate with alien life forms after 12 mysterious spacecrafts appear around the world.
1: Yeah, they do. I love this movie. I'm telling you right now. (laughs) (laughs) I've
2: seen it four times now, I think. And um, this is a movie that... I think communicates so well beyond the sci-fi community like i remember when it came yes. out the people recommending it to amir i'm like excuse me you normally want nothing to do with this you're genre. telling me What's about an alien movie here? yeah <laughs>
1: right well, and and i will say similarly it has alienated uh uh viewers <laughs> who are expecting independence day um yes so there's it goes both ways it's drawing in not usual genre viewers and it's it is well it's it's i think it's people who are just who are saying i will only watch this and this is it like i went yeah. into it thinking it was independence day as well and i'm like sure i'm up for an alien invasion movie well and that's kind yeah. of like the point of what this movie does mm-hmm. because the military does
2: not solve this the special agents do not solve this the scientist does not solve
1: yes. this.
2: the linguist does the linguist and does i love she it doesn't the nerd just solve it with her brains though she solves right. it with a courageous radical vulnerability of you know the like the first time she takes off the suits so that way they can see her face and see that she's different from the others around her and attach name to herself as they're beginning to uh, explore uh, their languages and understanding one another and there are times she goes back in and she is taking massive risks and she's not tony stark she is a just a, a university professor who's just really good with languages and really perceptive with people, although they make the joke in the movie that just because you're good at communication doesn't mean you're not still single. Um,
1: <laughs> I, I did like that one.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Um, but she, I mean, she takes a big risk uh, when she calls the Chinese and says, here's what you need to know and de-escalates the world from essentially exploding in all of this where she could have, wound up being you know executed for treason for this or
0: just shot on the spot
1: exactly shot on site well and even with that one that risk is is double because it's uh it's the first time she realizes she can use this circular you know this this non-linear time understanding that she now has um where she's accessing a memory of something that hasn't happened yet and so she's able to And even
2: in that memory in that point in time she was using what she learned there for the first time in the past exactly and i don't know at that point that she'd really thought through what it meant in her context around her i think she was just coming to understand what it meant that she was capable of seeing and doing but i don't know Mm -hmm. how much time she really had to think about what that meant for her In context of the world and how that changes things. And how much time
0: she had. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah.
2: And the fact that she understood this language understanding was changing her brain and her relationship to time and to people and to the risks of her so-called future. Right. Like, Would you learn a new language if you knew it was going to significantly rewire your brain and you did not know if that would be bad for you?
1: Right. It's, I think this—that's this whole thing—and it's, it's asked that same question: Would you have a child if you knew that child was was going to die? You know, would you would you yeah. engage through all that and rip your own heart out essentially? You know, in order to to go through this. And
2: Ian Dolanelli, aka Jeremy Renner, once he found out when she told him he was out on the relationship yeah. because that was too much for him. Yeah. And that's like one of many levels of just the raw courage that this woman has to walk into heartbreak and still love and still stay connected that and, that wow. that time
1: of love is still worth it even though it's going to destroy you it's a non-zero sub game yeah it is absolutely it is well let's let's yeah. talk about let's talk about this in in context of of him as a i mean i think we can we can still hit our, our key things with arrival but yeah. but we've now kind of put some pieces together between these three films um yeah. What, what links are we seeing between these? We've, we've, we've mentioned strong female characters. We've mentioned, um, I think I've said this, but I'll say it certainly again. I think this is one of the most beautiful movies that's just are out there. Um, I think it's absolutely a beautiful film, um, which we, when we get to Blade Runner 49, spoilers, I will say the same thing because I think it's one of the most beautiful films ever made. But uh, yeah. what else do we see that is connective tissue between these films? Well, we've got male perpetrator issues.
2: Yeah. um in Arrival it's mostly confined to the dude who blows up who uh-huh. sets off the explosion that kills uh I don't know if it's Abbott or Costello but one of the two aliens I think it's Abbott but now I can't remember which yeah. it had not occurred to me until this watch of the film when Peter mentioned it that because of the way these aliens uh interact with time they went in knowing one of them was the, going to die a
1: hundred percent a hundred I thought I loved like, that they too they knew <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm. and so the vulnerability was from there on. to the so-called aliens were not the ones who were most alienated in this it story me,
1: yeah. it made me even think too that right as they're going into that scene and, you, and we we the audience know that there's a countdown coming on and one of them hits the you know he, he's he's tapping on the on the wall urgently you know like you know come over here I, it almost makes me wonder you know he he's the one who that it might've been him who died. And he knows, he knows it's, it's coming mm-hmm. up and, and yep. it's beckoning her over. I, I don't know that for, I have no evidence for that other than every time I see this, I put another piece into it. And this is, this is one of those movies. My favorite movies are the ones that reward rewatching. Um, yeah another piece
2: would be things like war and the devastating effects of violence because like
1: prisoners is all
2: about that Mm -hmm. uh also and you know the peter had mentioned that we've got the context of the lebanese civil war what came after and there are events that i'm not going to talk about because spoiler that talk about those arrival is actually heading off a war or devastating violence. Like that is what she is doing. She is standing in that gap and saying, no, we're not gonna take that route. This is not independence day.
1: Right.
0: Although I think that if you go a little bit more meta um, and start thinking about trauma, um, Mm. the trauma Mm. implicit in arrival is the trauma that um, her husband uh, faces when he realizes, oh, you knew that she was, going to die and you didn't tell me and so he expresses that that deep deep hurt by severing breaking the marriage Mm -hmm. by leaving um and even the daughter
1: says he didn't see me the same way anymore he doesn't look at me which so it's not just between him and his wife but it's between him and his daughter yeah Yeah. Yeah. so in
0: arrival the theme of trauma is not quite as obvious as in prisoners where you've got i mean almost everybody there is a victim. Everybody, everybody. Even, yeah. even the ultimate uh, perpetrator mm-hmm. was uh, a victim, well, I guess more of circumstance, but uh, God got the blame for that, which is right. why mm-hmm. the two perpetrators um, were waging a war on God, Right. but they were S- acting out as... of their deep hurt and pain, Right. and yeah. then that created the other victims, which ended up being further victimized. Jackman's character himself was experiencing trauma from his father's suicide.
2: Right. Yep. hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's multi-generational trauma in that.
0: And this mm-hmm. is a theme which um I've seen in again, I I'm not gonna say all, but uh, probably all of his movies. I mean mm-hmm. the, the one movie you can that certainly I have see not that in Blade Runner
1: 2049. Seen,
0: yeah. The one movie that I have not yet seen, Polytechnique, is about uh, one of these lone gunmen who walked into a university campus and deliberately targeted women engineering students and killed. Oh wow! Oh wow! Yeah, eighteen yeah. women. Uh, I think injured another ten or so. Wow! Uh, yeah. Uh, after that massacre in 1989, Canada introduced some new gun laws, and mm-hmm. it seems to have helped. But anyway, but Great. trauma wow. is all over the place and. Kate, you had mentioned earlier that while well, there you didn't know if there were any strong female protagonists in there, well, no, but it is very definitely a critique of toxic masculinity.
2: Sure,
1: mm-hmm. sure. Which yeah. which he seems to, to be okay with dabbling in as well or to critiquing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I wanted to bring up in terms of the style of these films is is his cinematography. Um because it, it intrigues me, like like I've said, his films are beautiful. Uh, Arrival, mm. his cinematographer is Bradford Young, um, who worked on Selma, who uh, worked mm. on Solo, a Star Wars story, um, for Prisoners. It was oh. Yeah, for Prisoners, it was Roger Deakins. For Prisoners and uh, Blade Runner 2049, it was Roger Deakins. I mean, famed, famed Roger Deakins, who uh, finally won his Academy Award for uh, Blade Runner 2049 and for 1917, two absolutely amazing films. Um, and then for also D, I did not... Let's see here. Uh, Andre Turpin, which I actually feel like I've recognized his name, but now I'm...
0: Yeah, uh, and they've worked together in other movies as well.
1: Oh yeah, he worked on him with Maelstrom, uh, yeah, as well. And so, um, yeah, there we go. So he he does like to work with uh, with similar um, similar uh, cinematographers. I'm curious to see oh, prisoners. Did I say? Oh yeah, that was that was Richard Deacon's. Um, uh, with Dune, he's going in a different direction. I don't, I, I don't know if that's Deacons was not available or, or whoever, but he's working with um, Greg Frazier, who worked on Rogue One, Foxcatcher, oh. Zero Dark Thirty, um, uh, and the, and he is working on the Batman currently, um, which is said to be looking really well, and three episodes of The Mandalorian um mm, so cool. i'm That's i'm in star wars connection yeah lots of star wars connections so i'm intrigued to see uh, you know Villeneuve is such a he's such a visual filmmaker um mm-hmm. that that i'm so i'm so intrigued to see where he where he goes with with dune because dune is if we're, if we're looking ahead dune is i mean it's it's cliche now i think to say but it's the lord of the rings of science fiction where you know it's it's not it's barely science fiction it's fantasy uh, you know obviously we are we are dealing with some kind of a you know a space um, born empire but um but it's so much it feels more fantasy if you if you didn't know it feels it feels very brandon sanderson in a lot of ways um a bit deeper but uh, yeah uh, it's slightly, slightly deeper yeah uh <laughs> so I'm, I'm intrigued to see what he does with the with the look of it and just the few stills that we've gotten i'm um i'm satisfied so far so uh yeah, in my preparation for the
2: pod, I created a, a bingo sheet, yeah. well enough bingo of repeating elements I was seeing throughout his films, and so I plan on using this bingo card whenever I get to watch Doom mm-hmm. next
1: year, just to see how many boxes he checks off. Well, just just looking at your boxes, right? So like uh, echoing visuals, that's going to be a huge thing that we that we're going to see throughout. Uh, I think throughout Dune, just because there's so many mirroring issues, female lead. So maybe not female lead, but certainly certainly uh, significant strong female characters. Uh, vehicle crash, Yes. Uh, quite a mm-hmm. few. Memory is important. Languages. I'm going to assume the Fremen are going to speak something differently for a little while. Uh, I mean, like we could go on and on, but I, I would say... Parent-child situation. Parent-child. are yeah, outsiders. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah uh, there's courage, so- sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, pra- shoot. Pregnancy or motherhood. Like we've, we've got... The, yep. Yeah. Come on. Like, okay this to say we could we could start nerding out and I think we will we will we will go further as we go with uh as we get closer to Dune. There's a lot of things we're talking about. Kate and I in particular are exceedingly excited about uh where Dune goes or where Dune will go. Mm -hmm. Um Chris, Chris, we're getting him on board. We're we're working on Chris. Uh but we're gonna Yeah he has not read it he's not anti-Dune. We
2: don't want to throw him under that bus. Right. Or seen any of the previous film adaptations. And so like it's gonna be fresher for him. But Tyler and I and Peter as well. We've all. I was all gonna ask where book. Peter is. Yes, mm-hmm. love the book, and we've all seen the sci-fi version. I've not been able to finish the David Lynch film <laughs> version. That's
1: a no, no thing. one should. No one should. Yeah, no one should. Finish I did. That. <laughs> yeah and i did too it's been a long time it's been and i and i saw it before i read the book so iron I also oh really of, yeah i saw it actually first not I knowing keep
0: remembering that you're such a young
1: guy i'm, I'm so young I, I am very young yeah <laughs> uh it's i saw it in what is that is it 84 that that it came out i believe or is 85 um it's yeah it's not good
2: it's just bad no i mean we might finally have this. Well, not might. I think it would take a lot for this not to be significant. For Villeneuve's version not to be a significant improvement over everything that came before.
1: Yeah, he's got a low bar. That's the nice thing. I will say, the sci-fi, the sci-fi channel, which was in the what, 2000, 2001, somewhere around there,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: of of Dune. Yeah, similarly, you know, Villeneuve just by the the uh, benefit of having. You mean better the cameras, Hallmark Channel acting? true <laughs> hey james james mcavoy is in the uh, the second one he's in Children's i know team, right and susan, it, isn't it susan sarandon or somebody else yeah too and you're like yes Who, what yep. are you doing here like this is her <laughs> shameful past yeah. that she doesn't talk about Oh no, William Just Hurt. william
0: like rocky it's, horror
1: yeah yeah oh true good point so yeah uh william hurt i think is 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 in mm-hmm. one of them too um yep i I, I enjoyed it, but again, I will say I saw both. I saw that adaptation as well before I read the book. Uh, it was, I, I don't know, wow. what, I don't know what my problem was. So I, I truly you clearly I had one. Yeah, yeah. well, I weirdly, so, further had...
2: proof that you're always wrong, Tyler.
1: I, I am always wrong. I'm
2: fine. <laughs> Chris,
0: kidding. here's a word for you: read the book first, please. 100%. Do yourself a oh, favor.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And 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 I've read the book twice. And i I actually have not finished the entire series. I've read. I've read the first three. Looking at my shelf here, I think it's. I've read the first three, um, and uh, I love them. Really, really love them. I started reading one of the prequels by Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson. And all respect to Kevin J. Anderson, and I guess some to Brian J., Brian Herbert. I I, I can't. Um, but I I I hear it's because I haven't finished the original series that they that it didn't work. But I don't know. If that's true.
2: Well, they're writing style is a lot more commercial than yeah. well, the was, originals are yeah. and i feel like you're gonna have a better shot of enjoying them if you haven't read
1: frank herbert's oh really it's, just, it's suffering from comparison is what it is and that's a piece gotcha. of it yes okay. I'm, I'm intrigued i just i'll send it to you as well there's um so this podcast i listened to which i love the last podcast on the left uh just uh uh just did an interview with Brian Herbert and Kevin J Anderson because one of their one of the the last podcast co-hosts is like a huge dune fan and refers to it all the time so he he scored those guys so i'll i'll send you the that link but it it's a it's an intriguing interview and i i love Kevin J Anderson i he's i i really like him as a writer he's a fantastic i first discovered
2: him with star wars, wars. Star wars yeah. extended
1: universe <laughs> like 20 years ago yeah. longer than that now 25 more now right oh totally yeah, yeah. and and um anyway we're we're divert we're uh yeah we're off topic pitching into this area but i will say you know dune dune does the point that i would say is 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 starting to dive into dune the book it scratches like you could barely scratch the surface with one reading of one of of the first book and frank herbert it's like tolkien i mean really he he did he did he created this fantastic world deep interesting deep, world deep yeah. messages meaningful themes um that again, I, I've i read it twice, and the second time it was like reading it for the first time. It, I mean, it just it was so well, much more rich. The second at the time. very
2: least, you kind of need to read the first two or three minimum. A lot of people struggle with book four, but what you think the meaning of the first book is is completely upended in the second yes. book. Yes, and so there are people who are like, I love Dune, it means this, and I'm like, you, it does not mean that. Just Tell yeah. me how far you've read. Yeah, yeah, um, yep. yeah. Um, I will say though, looking at The features of Villanov's filmmaking. I feel like what we know about him and what I learned about him through this process um, makes him almost ideally suited to do Dune. Because like he even deals, like in uh Blade Runner, with the complexities of the whole chosen one thing. Um and that's going to be an issue in Dune um dealing with weird things with with memory and identity like that's just you know that that's classic villain of questions and explorations in what he does and we know that he's able to balance deeply thoughtful conceptual work and yet not make it boring Mm -hmm. it's still riveting watching the mysteries pull you through the characters are really crunchy and you you oh, wait until you see enemy yeah. like you could discuss that oh, for I'm excited. hours on end oh yeah um you, tyler just watch
1: it i'm excited yeah. i'm excited for enemy and also the honestly you guys did tell me it's it's just that it was more difficult to get a hold of and i i i, yeah. I should have just it's... honestly bitten the bullet and paid the 2.99 and just watched it but uh, yeah
2: <laughs> it was his last film before he started doing mainstream feature films and yeah. so because of how how um because it was award-winning and really good ensemble is definitely still out there and available but it's not quite as broad because it's not into his hollywood era stuff yet.
0: and also it's not in english
1: yeah true true, uh, true. And which,
2: although netflix has changed that for a lot of people who right. never watch non-english that's language true. films before and do now because right. netflix changed that but yeah, yeah. or and, i mean parasite like, how many people watch that that would
1: not have true. not that many years ago mm-hmm. uh, and i will say that's not a hang up for me i've never that i, I love you know Joon Ho's quote about it, like that that once you get past that you know, one inch at the bottom of your screen, the world is open to you. And I, that has never bothered me, but... It's genuinely true. It's with skill, though, that you just develop by doing it. True. Yeah, you just have to... Yeah, you just have to press on and do it. Can I, yeah. can I get in? I don't know if this is the right spot to talk about it, but maybe maybe it is. My one, my one hesitation with Dune, uh, with this this new Dune uh, remake that's happening, that, that actually is not Villeneuve's fault. As far as I can tell, it's not his fault. Is that he didn't fill them, film them back to back. Yeah, he this first adaptation is only covering the first half of the book, um, but this but uh, he did not it could have film. been a funding
2: issue where they needed to prove this maybe one
1: first. Yeah, he's waiting for it to be greenlit. I guess Dune by, like, is a Mary.
2: notoriously hard property
1: to adapt. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing that is like. So he says, uh, "quote uh, I would not agree to make this adaptation of the movie." of the book with one single movie the world is too complex it's a world that takes its power in details which one says he he understands the complexity of this although mm-hmm. he could have lord of the rings it and given us a trilogy and i think still only scratched the surface of this world but it makes yeah, me it makes me wonder under- oh no
2: i think he understands the moment that we're in though too because we have so many movies at our fingertips now with streaming services and stuff it's made audiences more sophisticated in what they're watching mm-hmm. and we get bored easier and so the result of that is filmmakers that offer more complex uh storytelling that also really rewards repeat viewing like those wind up having the staying power in this time whenever we get kind of bored with there's a time and a place for the fluffy lights yeah i don't want to dismiss that but i think especially for science fiction storytelling there's good audiences Mm -hmm. are ready Mm -hmm. and sophisticated enough for this stuff and he's the kind of director who can supply this and just put out these wow films Mm -hmm. that you're really proud that he's doing your next big property because of what he can do
1: sure sure Mm -hmm. well
2: with that in mind um if one of our listeners has not seen any of Villeneuve's films what would your entry point be for them if they're just a garden variety sci-fi geek
1: Oh, well, that, so that question, I, uh, Peter, once you take it, let me, let me think on mine a little bit, but Peter, do you have an idea on that?
0: Well, I would say for just a garden variety, sci-fi geek who's unfamiliar with them go with Arrival.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's as Tyler's pointed out several times, beautifully shot. It's got the aliens, but That's it's cool. also got some, some fun things to puzzle over and, um, in addition to all those other themes, it also brings out the theme of love, which mm-hmm. pops up in all three of the movies that we've directly discussed this evening. Um, yeah. And basically, Arrival has a lot of parallels with contact.
2: Mm-hmm. True. It struck me on, Very on true.
0: True. most recent watch of Arrival, because I again, you've that. got the female protagonist and contact with aliens, and she's the one to kind of make the breakthrough and then you've got the mm-hmm. male saboteur a bombing and all of this stuff. And I mean, I never thought that Robert Zemeckis and Denis Villeneuve would have a point of contact, but there no. you it.
1: go <laughs> It's like quite literally called contact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. Very. I, I had not thought of that at least, at least in, in my last rewatch had not made the connection between that and arrival, but for sure. Um, it does, yeah. Uh, my answer would, would uh, on the surface at least be the same as, as Peter's. If if you're talking garden variety sci-fi guy, uh, sci-fi geek, yeah, uh, I think Arrival. However, I'd say for the broader for the broader viewer, um, mm-hmm. the, the non-geek, Prisoners actually, because on again on the surface it's a it's a murder mystery. You know, like hey, we we all watch a a, a murder mystery from time to time. Pick up kidnapping prisoners, thriller, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a, you know, it's Gone Girl. It's it's which which I've mentioned before. It's it's a lot of a lot of just excellent films are are um, are murder or kidnapping mysteries. This one, um, this one pushes you deeper, and this one pushes you into some of the the um, more intense themes that I think Villeneuve works with. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that Dune Dune will get into. I, I don't think Dune will specifically go into that area, but certainly is his uh yeah prisoners is going to yeah. be one that that doesn't mm-hmm. for you
2: now i'd say if people have already seen arrival and they've already seen blade runner 2049 i definitely would pitch also to them and if you're also into like mind bending what just happened enemy will definitely provide that um that's the other jake jill mm-hmm. and hall one and if you can get your hands on August 32nd on Earth, which it's not on any streaming service anywhere so that I could find, I, I had to borrow it. So you might have a hard time getting your hands up. If you do get your hands on that, it is his first feature film and it's just sweet and different. And yet it still has elements to it where you're like, wait, wait, what just happened? <laughs>
1: um,
2: like even the title sort of gives it away a little bit of August 32nd. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. and you're like what's that about um and so it's um it is probably the lightest of these that i've seen in terms of flavored stuff but it still is uniquely Denis Villeneuve in a really charming and yet mind-bendingly good way
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and the cinematography uh is there even in his first feature film.
2: The Salt Um, Fats in in, uh, Utah. Utah, Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, whoa, that's Mm -hmm. really cool the way he did that. Excellent. Mm Oh, wow.
0: Now, if you were to ask me for my recommendation for somebody who likes movies that are a little more unusual, um, I would say maybe Maelstrom or Enemy. Maelstrom features a narrator which is a fish. The fish for the narrator. An actual fish. An actual fish, yes. Um, and then the first fish gets decapitated by a, a, you know, what do they call them? Fish cleaner, butcher, butcher's meat. Anyway, and, but another one comes along and takes up the narrative where the first one left off. Um, although okay. Although I do like Enemy better, in part because it's filmed in Toronto, and it's actually depicting toronto it's not toronto as chicago or toronto as new sure. york city
1: which we don't get yeah that's great
0: and giant tarantulas
1: oh interesting interesting okay and not where you expect to
2: see it so no no well I'm multiple intrigued.
1: times yeah
0: not where you expect to see them Interesting.
1: Mm. well uh kate so, yeah. wrap us up and and take us out i i i think Like I said, I think I can confidently say this will not be our last time talking about Denis Villeneuve if at the very least it's simply talking about Dune. But I think we're going to be getting... We need to talk about Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, I think uh, we need to have Peter back when we do our Blade Runner episode where we do both Blade Runner movies
2: because... For sure,
1: for sure. That
0: sounds awesome. But we should make sure that we're watching the director's cut of Blade Runner. There he is. That is the version. Yep. Yeah, not the theatrical release.
1: No, 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 no. That honestly, okay. the reason I didn't love it the first time, I think, is because I saw the, the theatrical and then I got into the director's cut and I thought, this is what I was missing. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Peter, well, thanks for joining us. And Kate, take, well, us, uh, take us home.
2: I would like to hear from you guys what you thought about this episode. It's our first time that we've done a director feature and we if you like it we will do more if there are directors that you think we should investigate we'd like to hear about that from you you can tell us uh, at geek card check on facebook instagram and twitter until next time but i say your story begins with a promise to break the chain of anger